following the Men, Hardship and Triumph series of podcast interviews, this is the second series of Shooting the Breeze with Clement podcast titled Men, Parenting and Triumph. In this series of interviews, I'll be talking to different people to get their understanding of the difficulties that they encountered with regard to the subject of male parenting and how they handle the situation. In today's first interview of the series, I talked to Mateo, who hails from the Philippines. Mateo moved to Sydney in 2016 to pursue and complete an economics degree. During university, he was quite engaged in several projects, one of which is the Economic Society, where he has his own podcast series titled College Life. After university, he spent time doing PR consulting work in Malaysia and the Philippines, returning to Australia in 2019. Mateo currently works at a bank, helps run a dance school, and is completing an acting course. His me-time consists of feeding his mind via reading philosophy, humanities, modern history, science fiction, and spending time at the gym, and spending time with his lovely girlfriend. Mateo, thank you very much for uh, agreeing to be interviewed for this series of Shooting the Breeze with Clement. As you know, uh, for this series, I want to concentrate on parenting, especially from the point of view of men, fathers. And the purpose is that I would like to learn uh, how our action as a father can affect not just our immediate environment, like you know the, the home and uh, the finances and what have you, but also the most important thing for me is the mental health well-being of the children. I have had quite a large percentage of my clients where their issues stem from how they were uh, brought up or the environment that they were growing up in. It doesn't necessarily mean it's all about domestic violence. It doesn't necessarily mean, you know, a lot of times the parents try to do the best that they could, let's say, but they don't know the the impact, you know, the, the consequences of their version of care or their version of love, you know, so, yep, okay. and the relationship, you know, so let's start from there. How was it like for you growing up? Because I'm seeing this this young gentleman who's a, who's a very, very polite gentleman who's got very good moral values, who seems to have a lot of integrity. What was that like? Well, you're welcome. I only tell it as I see it. Yeah, my pleasure, man. <laughs> happy to. I'm happy to be on with your show and, you know, engage in kind of finding this perspective to assist with the stuff that the work that you do. Okay. So how does it build that growing up from my perspective? Well, how 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 was it? How was it growing up in good old Manila? Yeah, they, they were, oh, actually, no. Tell tell you know what? Tell us first a little bit more about yourself. How's that? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah. So born and raised in Manila, Philippines, in the CBD proper in Makati. I have a younger brother. I grew up in because it's gated villages in Asia. That's one of the popular places for like safety and obviously if you can afford it, you live in that sort of community which is what I did. I did that for a while, roughly about 10 years there. And then I'm... So let me let me get this right. So you were middle class or upper middle class? What, what would be in Kenya? Apparently, because also I studied at like a private school. Apparently, it's like slightly into the upper classes, right? I guess onto the that marker. Got it. Okay. 
And so, which is why we then moved to an apartment complex with, you know, an elevator, a spa, a gym, mm. that sort of thing. Mm. Again, very much in the CBD. And so, that was what I was surrounded with. Um, you know, we had two cars. Also, we had a nanny and a driver because labor is relatively more cheap in the Philippines. And then, so I lived there for 18 years. And then once I graduated high school, again, from the private school, moved to Australia for university since then, so seven years. Okay. And at that time growing up, what was your childhood like? Do you have a mother and a father who's together? What's the story there? From the onset, because when I was very young, even from the onset, and you know, you hear stories from both sides when they like to recount their life stories, right, is I'd even say it was still very tense and rocky. You know, when you're very young, you believe in the image that the romanticization of, okay, parents are happy, Christmas is going to be lovely, New Year's is going to be lovely, everything's safe. What age was that around? Maybe like the one to five is when you still got it. Yep. see the world yep. in that naivety. Yeah. Um, but then maybe you'll see a glimpse of something like, oh my God, dad's pissed off and he shouted that one time. Maybe that's just a one-off thing. Maybe we can reset and we can be happy, happy. Yes. Um, you know, butterflies, rainbows. Yeah. Um, and children at that age, they tend to be very resilient. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, well, I mean, at least for me, it's because of, it's the belief in, in the romanticization and also because, I mean, they're giving you love, right? Mm. So you think, okay, so this is how the world works. Surely it's it's like this. It's this, yes. it's this perfect. Yes. And then, you know, you grow up a little bit more after, you know, five to 10 and then you see it more often, more consistently, and then you're either like on the crossfire or just on the sidelines. But you know, someone's crying in the other room. They're not home for two days or two weeks. He's sleeping in the, the living room, and it's like you can do math. Got it. And it becomes okay. So so now you know Christmas isn't a safe time, or you know what I mean, or like the holidays isn't safe. It can't be romanticized, peaceful mm. and loving, and it can't because their dynamic shows otherwise. When you say they, you mean the parents. Correct, correct. Yes, okay, yeah. So, yeah, my parents um, shows otherwise. Uh, so, then, so then your, your worldview changes. It's like, okay, it's just a matter of time before one of these two get pissed or it's just a matter of time when something like explicit and vivid will come out. So, then now it just so a, okay, let me interrupt you again. So, here, because a lot of times when I talk to clients who are forcing themselves to stay, stay together for the children, they think that they can fake it enough that the children wouldn't know that mm. there is something going on there. Mm. But you saying that that's not true. Being children, you are actually quite sensitive to. Absolutely. Right. I'll even give you an example of that because now I have the words to explain what I observed and absorbed. Yes. Um, a lot of that, you know, five to 10, one to 10 years old was absorbing and observing these people. Yes. And its tonality, its facial expression. Did they just have a cigarette? Are their eyes red because they were just crying? You know what I mean? Yes. Heck, I should have taken psychology, but I already took a psych degree. Just <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, from the University of Life. Yeah, from the University Boom, baby, boom. Uh, and it's very noticeable. What I found is... The more you, you know, if you see one thing, whether it's traumatic or whatever, whatever you see, um, whether it's the parents or just the extended family, like you take notes of things and you can pick it up. You're so much more receptive. Yeah. Okay. Um, going through. So I'd say, yeah. So if I were to say, it can't be faked in my opinion. <laughs> Got it. And so that's, that's a lesson that I guess the first lesson from this interview, what I would like the audience to take is if you think that for whatever reason that the children aren't sensing that conflict is happening. 
you're most probably incorrect. Just keep that in mind. Okay. So now we're talking about, so there are disagreements between mom and dad. That's what you say. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And then? Yeah. And it could be, because really the reason for the disagreement, and it's funny because you'll pick it up if you were to like adjudicate and kind of watch kind of the narrative of the scene, I call them scenes. Yeah. It could start as simple as like, I don't know, like, where were you last night? Or, oh, you forgot to get the groceries. Like, whatever the starting trigger is usually very trivial and or, like, irrelevant. But for me, it's crazy familiarity of... Because I guess I've been in those situations a lot during that age, you know, the 5 to 10, the 10 to 15, whatever. Hmm. Uh, when I was that old, you know where the trajectory is. Got it. It's almost, you, you can see the exact same scene, but it's going to play out in the bedroom, in the living room, in the right. park. Right. It'll be the same trajectory. One of them will explode or one of the, you know, and it's just... So when you say one of them will explode, so at this time, there is no real commonality in the sense that, okay, one of them is definitely going to explode more than the others type of thing for this time being. Well, no, well, I'll, I'll correct you there. Definitely one would explode more than the other for sure. <laughs> okay. So in this case, uh, are we referring to, to um, the, the mom or dad? Yeah. My dad, my dad, yeah. My dad. Okay, okay. So when you said there's a commonality in, in the escalation of behavior, mm. and it's interesting that everybody else can, can see it, but the people in it, you know. So, and even a child as young as you can go, oh, hey, girls, that's step one. And it's going to go to step two. It's going to go to step three. So, what, first of all, what is the, the usual process? Like the phases of the scene. The phases, I like that. Yes, the phases of... Uh, so obviously, as you said, it could be something, a uh, very trivial reason, right? Like the yeah. grocery, whatever. And how does it escalate? From a few times... Sometimes like it would only get up to like certain phases or it will do the whole like scene. Got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So majority would just be like... First, it would be like a lot of talking and it will be raised voices. It will go up yes. to raised voices and then that either escalates or stays there if, say, if one of them decides to leave the house abruptly mm. or one of them, you know what I mean, or shuts themselves in the room. But usually you'll have the raised voices for a period. And then in the few times, at least that I, you know, witnessed it, um, the next phase would then be physical, right? Explain um, physical to me. And so you're saying that this is the less common phase. The least common is just, it will just be a, a long, drawn-out argument, yeah. shouting and just verbal conflict. Okay, so you say on the escalation, obviously it doesn't get the faces. The higher the face, Rare. the less, the less. Thank you. The, the less frequent the it I, is. Yes, at least in my witnessing during that time period, right? Okay, so when you're saying there's an escalation towards the the physical side, what are we talking about? If I if I may get down into that kind of yeah, absolutely clarity. So what what are we talking about in regard to the physicality? Yeah, it's just like, it would be like, you know, being hit or bashing or like a push or like a shove, that sort of thing. Okay. I think only really I've been in like two instances when I've seen that. Yeah. And this is, uh, I don't want to make any assumptions. All right. So, so this would be from whom to whom? From the father to the mom, yeah. Okay. So the escalations, how did it get to that point? Was there, I'm trying to see if there was any additional, is it alcohol involved or is it? Or sometimes maybe the other party knows which buttons to press. You know, is there anything like that? You know, or I've never seen like so. Say if he was drinking, he'd be out. So that would be that with his friends, and he'd be smoking, mm. drinking, and doing mm. whatever, right? Mm. So you don't know he was mm. doing whatever for mm. a period. at least at home. 
Mm. It would it would either be a trigger, not so much the. It's hard to say if there were any buttons. Maybe there were, and I just went over my head. Maybe there were buttons, mm. and I didn't see that. But sometimes even Clem, it could just be instantaneous. Like say they weren't arguing and shouting, right? Yes. Maybe they were just having a back and forth for whatever. Yes. And then all of a sudden it's like boom, you know, and you're like okay. Mm. And that's what I mean about the shattering of the normalcy. Because then how do I assume? How did we just get back to normal when that just happened? You know, and then you move along. It's like you just move along. Yes. You know, and it's like time, yeah. time out. Like, wait. Mm. Okay. And that's when I talk to my clients about people starting to walk on eggshells mm. because of that experience. And they start to go, okay, this environment is not what I used to consider safe anymore. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. So I guess my question to you, have you ever been a direct recipient of the, the violence, whether non-physical or or is it mostly directed towards towards each other the parents so like purely because like you know how traditional asian households like martial discipline on the kids like that's one thing separate like yes. once or twice of yeah. that but that's a comp- different topic. yeah i definitely say a lot more verbal and psychological just i don't even know what the word would be is abuse too strong or is it just mm. or just direction of those well, frustration the way the way i look at it as uh, that, see that's a great point there direction of frustration was the use the word used so mm. for me the definition of abuse as opposed to just bad parenting right to me abuse is when the anger is not warranted by the child. And so the anger is, let's say, caused by your wife or caused by your finance or caused yep. by your drug and alcohol. And then and you pick on the child. To me, that's, okay. that's my definition of abuse. You know, whereas bad parenting is what happens a lot. Again, you mentioned Asian households. <laughs> what happens a lot to, to, let's say, me in the past where, you know, my mom wins well. She was trying to teach me something, but her way of teaching is, of course, picking up the next available stick, right? <laughs> so to me, that's like, yeah, in a way you could say it's abuse, but to me, that's not intended to be, right? But, you know, what do I know, right? So I guess that's where, you know, from your point of view then, mm-hmm. what was that? Yeah, so thanks for the definition clarification. Um, <laughs> definition clarification. It's important, right? Uh, I'm sure not many people would agree with my definition clarification, by the way. But that's my understanding. There we go. <laughs> no, I'm, this is more of like the preteen and teenage years. So we're yes. moving into that phase. Yes. A lot more just verbal and um, a lot of psychological, either intimidation or if it was just venting to me. Yes. As if I had the solution or they just need somebody to talk to. Yes. Again, uh, you are referring to father. Yeah, I was, okay. I was a father, um, yeah. occasionally, sometimes mom, because obviously mm. she had a psychology that she was trying to process. Mm. Then, like, who could she really go to, right? Yes. And I was always the mature understanding. Like, like if you, like, it's a kind of thing, like, if you look into their eye and you see, like, oh, that, you know, I mean, he's got something in there. It's not just a child's eyes. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. Because they can see that thing yeah. in your eye. Because it's, a, anyway, mm. that level of comprehension. Mm. And that's the thing, right? So, yeah, so you know, what, what age would this be? starting you're looking at the the, the 12 uh, like the 12 to the 15 yeah you know yeah. and you're talking like you're talking real talk you're not talking about the batman movies or the you know what toy you're getting for christmas no you're yeah. talking about like yeah, like so am i you know how's the legal proceedings or am i staying yeah. over the weekend or like what's the goal like who's gonna get the groceries is it him is it you 
Yeah. Well, just quickly, Clem, just to go on back to your thing about the eggshells, absolutely, because then it becomes a calculus in my head. It's like, okay, is it the right time of day to go yeah. ask for something? Is it the right time of day to ask dad for something? Like, yes. why are you still in the same house? Like, can you just live separately yeah. so I get some level of certainty here, you know? Yeah, and and this is the part where we call this parentifying or, or adultifying the child when it's not the right time for them to be thinking these thoughts. It's not the right time for them to be using these variables as part of their calculation. When you have to start using the, ooh, this is Friday night, I think he is going to be home after a certain number of drinks, therefore my behavior should be a certain way. That is not it's how it's meant to be. You know? But unfortunately, we all have to go through that at some form or other, or at some severity or other, right? Yeah. And, and maybe at that time, you again, you think that it's just normal family situation, right? Mm-hmm. But how That's did that affect you? Right? Yes, correct. Sample size. I like that. Yes. So, so like, how, yeah, how did that affect you then? At the time or like now today since then? We'll, we'll get to the today. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Well, because then... How For you, it's normal, right? At the time, yeah, like it, it's painful. You don't know why it's wrong, but you can tell it's wrong, yeah. especially at that age. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, when the preteens and teenage years, and then you learn the concepts of about, you know, domestic violence, a little bit about relationships, a little bit about things mm. like alcoholism, drug use, and you kind of learn mm. that. And it's like, oh, okay, so that is not the idea. Or even like, heck, go to a friend's house. How are their parents acting? Yes. I had, I, I could see that because I was, you know, I was in friends' houses and I'm like, huh, that's so different from back home, <laughs> you know? Right. Uh, and that was the effect. So you're slowly garnering kind of, Oh, there is something quite different hmm. from what I went. And another impact was is because say you, you talk to like aunts, uncles, both sides of the family, right? Aunts and uncles. And it goes back to the thing about like that glint in the in my eye. Because we're talking, you know what I mean? We're, it's yes, it's like, oh, good to see you. Did you like the chocolates I sent you? Like there's that. And then there's the like, so Mateo, how are you doing? You know what I mean? The yeah. conversation becomes, how's your mom? You know, and they because they know at least with me, like the reception is because he has that comprehension. Mm. Or like, how's your dad? You know, it has always been that, and this was yeah, definitely from preteen to onward, it's always been that. And so now it's a different dynamic. If you say adult- adultifying, like I guess that's what it was back then. You know, you're talking to a 15 year old on that level. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Now, from the point of view of, and now I'm going to concentrate on the men's side because this is what the podcast is is about, right? Yeah. Explain to me your dad's parenting style then. Great, yeah. And it's also very traditional Filipino side. Um, it was almost similar, like in the sense of what he learned and the tools he had hmm. bringing forward when he started his family at a very young age. It's the same thing, like the martial discipline was there um, and also the same thing with his father and kind of the things the father did, whether it was the uh, like the, the womanizing or the alcohol abuse. Mm. Or kind of the, the treatment verbally and kind of the expression of anger, mm. very much in household on his side as well, from what I understand. Of- so, are you saying that that's a cultural thing? Maybe. Or is upbringing. it more more upbringing? That's correct. Or is it? Yeah, because by my logic, that's an upbringing mm. thing. Because then he must have gotten it from his dad, who got it from his dad, from God. You know what I mean? And it's just like, oh, because that's how it's done. Right. Right. And so. Were you able or are you able to see that there are flaws in that technique, in that parenting style? I think so. Yeah. What do you see from the point of view of 
an adult child of that parenting style. This one is the perspective assumption of, so what does it mean to be a man, right? Hmm. And what sort of style do you use to, in this case, manage a household, right? Hmm. And what sort of either accountabilities or responsibilities are to you or and what shifted, not even the partner or the children, but it's like, okay, so can I be iron fisted, you know, is the interaction with another party, child or spouse, like, can I be the rough, you know, can I be loud to push my point, like, so that I'm always right, is it domineering in the sense of like a totalitarian kind of like, no, you can't wear those jeans or you can't go, or you stay, you know, stuff like that, like, because that's the assumption, right? Like, oh no, because that's the way, you know, or I discipline my kids this way because as a man, they have to toughen up or whatever, right? If they, especially if your kids are boys, right? Like, oh, you, you have to get the belt because that's conditioning yes. to, to be the man, you know? Yeah. Be, I guess the biggest flaw is that and that just spreads out. When you say that's the biggest flaw, uh, what do you mean by that? When we have a certain belief system Mm. like a traditional belief system in parenting let's say we should not just assume it's right is that what you're saying particularly as an adult now like so yes to that and what i would do because i would visualize okay like if i were to have a kid how would i do it right what would be my parenting Mm. what i would do I Google the top 10 books on parenting and mm. I will them and read them. Mm. Right. So, so you're more, for the lack of a better word, evidence-based, research-based. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's caused by your high level of education. Mm, sure. Right. So I guess my question there is, would he have noticed himself that that wasn't working? At the time, no. At the time? Absolutely not. Okay. What is the difference that makes you have that awareness that he doesn't because he would have been a young Mateo himself to his father and he would have seen yeah, yeah sure the actions I think it's it just goes back to like it's sort of that or, or is it the case where which is very common the abuse become the future abuser mm, mm. or the bully goes to school and becomes the bully the bully yeah I hear what you're saying for me it's I think it's because it's like, how do you prevent the trauma, right? Or how do you even make peace with the trauma, right? right? How do you go as far away as possible from that identity, right? And I think that was my, I was like trying to run away from that so that I could be my own person, right? And because I didn't like those experiences back then and what it produced and the sort of environment, mm. I think it's like, okay, so what's the furthest thing from that? And the way I do it is what I said about get the top 10 books and read them. Yeah. Well, that'll be my approach. Yeah. So it's not even about approach. It's about yeah. even before the approach, you have the ability to go, nah, I don't want to be like this. I don't want to repeat this cycle. Absolutely. Right. Whereas I'm trying to see why a lot of a lot of people, and there's, there's a lot of people, this is not just about your dad, right? A lot of people in this, in what we call intergenerational cycle, but a lot of people allow this to become yeah. the general and it doesn't make them a bad person it doesn't make them a mean or psychopathic or whatever i'm too curious as to why somebody can't go enough is enough i want to be different you know and and if you want just a shot in the dark from me this is i don't have any evidence to back this hmm. i think it's an unaddressed trauma that they have left for time to kind of just cover up and feel okay by but then when they're in the context when like the baby's crying in the back seat, they haven't mm. eaten, 
Um, it's raining outside, mm-hmm. it's a 12 hour day, and I get mm-hmm. home and the wife's pissed because she didn't buy the milk at that moment. Oh, yeah, got it. And then you can think about like. So they don't see it as a continuous situation. No, because a lot of times, first of all, it's very easy to mask with drug and alcohol to begin with. Mm-hmm. Right, so you, you, it's very easy to make yourself feel better with either that or somebody very dear to me has a very good saying, you know. And she goes, Clement, you know, just bury it so deep in your chest and you make diamonds out of it, you know. So, yeah. so some people have that, <laughs> some people have that approach, but I like what you're saying. When push comes to shove, we revert back to our most comfortable behavior, mm-hmm. we revert back to doesn't matter what you cover it with. You know, if you get into that extreme triggered situation. And what you're familiar with. I think that's the key thing. Sure. You learned, you learned it. Yeah. Correct, correct. And also you have never intentionally tried to change it. That's it. Right. And again, if you're coming from the point of view of why do I need to change it? Because I don't even know there is something wrong. Yeah. Then why would he have to make any changes, right? Exactly. Okay. So, so what do you see as the flaw in what he was doing then? <laughs> I can give you an easy answer. Yeah. Uh, the flaw as in, in the parenting or in the... A hundred percent in parenting. Uh, the easy answer to that is you should have waited 10 years before you had a kid. <laughs> so I'm trying to get to the bottom of that answer. What you're saying is you are too immature to have a child at that age. Yeah. Which is something him and I like kind of agreed on eventually later on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is lovely. So what are you saying that as adults, you finally come to terms with each other in a sense that, so in in a sense that that he himself realized what he did. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And what did he say he was, that he did wrong? Because we had a couple conversations. It was, you know, he was too young. He was too immature. There was a lot of things going mm. on. Um, I think even insecurity was a big one mm. on several factors, several metrics, right? Finance, personal, mm. social, whatever that be. Yeah. At the time. And then, yeah, I've been trying to raise yeah. child. I want to stop you a little bit there because that's a very good point. A lot of times we have insecurities of ourselves. And this is mm. talking as a father, right? Mm. Even though our children don't see that. They love you regardless of, of yes, how yes. freaking poor or how freaking ugly or fat or how whatever you think you are. Yep. But we're projecting that. And unfortunately, it's it's become it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy because the more you hate yourself and think that your children does the same, then you start to treat them badly. Mm. And then years later, then, then they do hate you. you know, and it, it's so, uh, okay. What was that about insecurities? Why was there insecurities? Why did he have them? Or yeah, let's let's go there. I mean, you know, you're not his shrink, but <laughs> what what do you oh, think? I think I am though. <laughs> I'm just gonna swear here. Well, sure you can swear. Looking back, it obviously makes a lot more sense. I think a lot of it was, you know, new wife. She came from an affluent family. How old was he then? Twenty-three, twenty-two. 23. Yeah. For us, this generation, you know, that's very young, right? Absolutely. From from those generations, it's probably average. Yeah, because then every everyone and their mother at that generation says, at, of the 20 year old, why aren't you married? Why don't you have a kid? Why don't you have a dog? Why don't you have a car? Why don't you have a 
you know. Well, isn't that interesting? So, so I, I, well, still I doing it. that expectation you're saying, that expectation could be the reason why a lot of people are driven to the. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Okay. I've seen it. Um, I have aunts who were oh. for a few years older than me. And the music is the same, and you see the behavior of like who they got with or the pressure. So it's interesting. I don't know. Like I've seen it on the sideline, like, yeah, recently. Yeah, and it's recent still. Okay, okay. Yeah. So that what is the cause of the insecurity? Yeah. What I yeah. can another peg that I recently was not given or that I discovered having you know I'm 25 now, so obviously I've lived through pretty much the age he had a child at, mm-hmm. and certain things click in the brain. I can appreciate the professional insecurity where I am now, right? I can appreciate that. I can appreciate the financial insecurity again, where I am now. Yeah. I can even probably appreciate the inexperience again, because where I am now, I just finished uni. I just, you know, started my professional career. Yeah. Do I know what I want to do with my life? Not really. Do I have some idea? Maybe, right? That's a very good point. We... You know, we put these age limits, you know, oh, when you're 18, you're an adult, you know, we sometimes, oh, when you're 21 in, in the States, when you're 21, you, you can buy alcohol, you know, but the reality is it's very, very difficult making the transition from boyhood. Make the transition. <laughs> from boyhood to adulthood to manhood, you know, because this uncertainties about all that you just mentioned, it goes on all through life. You know, and, and sometimes we, we need to learn how to be acceptance of the uncertainty or sometimes we, we unfortunately we go to the other extreme and we try to control everything and we, you know, we ended up working 60 hour weeks and we ended up trying to mask it by drug and alcohol, what have you, you know, and all the situations. So what are you saying that now, now that you are at the age that he was when he had you, now you're starting to feel all this, are you justifying and I don't mean that in a negative way, you know, I'm yeah. just, but are you justifying some of his frustrations or fears? No, I think justifying is too strong a word. It's more of... Understanding. It's an understanding, like a deeper understanding of yeah, of, of the state he would have been in yeah, and then have a family, I think, yeah. is, is where I'm coming from. So. Yeah. You said one line just then, he married into a wealthy family. I wonder whether that was regrettable for him because then that puts this there's a thing hanging where he's always trying to prove himself correctly or incorrectly to either his wife or his wife's family or yeah. or maybe to the society that he didn't just marry for money let's say yeah i hear you i hear you um well then that's a tricky thing right because how do you play you know and a perspective i was given was all but you could just power through that and try and find a higher level of like thinking and not make it a nitpick you know tit for tat and like mini game of trying to play what you're saying right well the way i would work on it as let's say a therapist you know if if somebody came up to me with that i would just say did she marry you and then he will say yes and i will say well she likes you enough to marry you did did you know you were fucking broke when you were married to her yes i'm like well that she accepts you as you are right you know Mm -hmm. and that's that's the way i would try to approach it from that side maybe you know yeah, yeah no I can, I can agree with that yeah i can agree with that yeah you know but it doesn't necessarily mean that just because you can try to reframe that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not going to hear things on the side you absolutely know? it's the environment it's proximity right because you're because now you're in that world yeah 
Yeah. You know? And it's just different worlds, you know, whether or not it was the finance or not, they're just different cultures and upbringings and just different worlds, I find, that were highly contrasted, that were joined with those two people. If he had the time again, would he have married somebody from, I'm assuming there's a difference in class or wealth yeah. to begin with. Would he, if he had the time again, would he have been, he would have gone differently in regard to his search for? I don't know. I think the part of like, as being a guy is like, oh, no, you want to get a big fish, you know? Yeah. Because even, or like, if you want to take the example of like relationships after the one he had me in, and, you know, if we were to hypothetically say that it was at the same class or whatever, hmm. my experience in observing that, it's still the same outcome, you know? I still found that it definitely wasn't sunflowers and daisies, that's for sure. So, in other words, although that could be part of his regrets, it's actually the way he behaves to triggers that's his that's his downfall. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, and also, and by extension, kind of the taste and the people that he brings into that that relationship or, or what have you. Explain that to me a little bit more. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, or maybe there's like something that he's attracted, but there are other flaws in the other person that are either toxic or not healthy for a healthy relationship. And hence, that's why it didn't succeed or it hasn't sustained. Yeah. Okay. So he may be attracted to somebody who is probably not not conducive to a healthy, loving relationship with him. Okay. Has he ever mentioned to you any regrets in regard to how he behaved as a father? Yes. Yeah. One or two occasions. So what was it that he regretted the most i don't know if it was specifically that it was more of a blanket statement maybe oh i'll have to try and extrapolate it let me think i'm trying to like pull it out of perhaps because the wording of what was said was you know i i thank your mom for raising you two because the two of us have a brother you two right or <clears throat> you know or she raised you and that was good like good thing she raised you which is an admittance of a failing on his side, almost. Well, no, no, uh, sorry, so I'm trying to read it, you, you know, uh, uh, I'm trying to understand his way of saying, I have failed you, but luckily your mom hasn't, or something like that. Or am I wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon, I reckon it's, it, it's along those lines somewhere. Yeah. And that's a big admittance. Yeah, a very sober, like, you know, conversation and then... Wow. Okay. And how was that? What is the effect of that conversation? If you if you can remember, uh, it's like, on yeah, you. yeah. It's an acknowledgement, right? It's an acknowledgement of it's an acknowledgement which brings forth a sort of resolution and or closure. Mm-hmm. Remember how I said at the beginning, but wait, are we just going to carry on? You know what about that thing? So that conversation would have been the acknowledgement into resolution of that thing fifteen years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is, I guess, another good tip for. Some of you men out there who may have done something that we regret now, an apology, deep felt one, you know, can make a big difference to the people that we that we have caused uh, grief to. And I'm, I'm referring to the children here, you know, and sometimes it's very, very difficult, especially because you, you feel like you're the adult or something like that, especially when, when the child is still young. You know, sometimes pride gets in the way where you know that you fucked up. You know that you did something bad, 
But if you're like, well, he's a kid, he'll get over it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the damage can be long lasting. You know, you you'll be better off just saying, you know, I apologize for doing that. I'm gonna jump in a little bit here. Mateo, just give an example. I remember this during COVID. I got to spend time with my son. I think I put it down in one of my blogs where he was doing a class, you know, at school, a philosophy class. And they were asking some questions. The teacher was saying, you know, this is the moral question. What is your answer should be? And and I was really unhappy with his answers. You know, I was like, oh, that's a stupid answer. <laughs> you know, and, and he saw me, you know, squirming next to him, you know, me on my laptop. Him on his, you know, and I'm like, oh, and I wrote notes like, that's a stupid answer, man. And finally, he says, stop it. This is my class. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I left. I left to get really upset, you know, at him and uh-huh. for, for telling me off and how dare he. I know better than him. I'm much more educated than him, blah, blah, blah. And then the more I thought about it, the more I realized, you know, that I was unhappy because it was all for me. You know, I want him to be to, to be seen as smart. I want him to be. So it's all about me, right? And I had no right to be there. You know, I forgot that the reason why I was there was I was just happy that I, I get to spend time with him. He was sitting next to me while I was throughout the day when I was doing my own paperwork on in the same room. It was just a lovely thing. And it suddenly that, aim change to I want you to look like you're very wise in your philosophy class. It's a 13-year-old philosophy class. Who gives a shit, right? Boom. And so I had to apologize to you know, and I explained that to him, you know, afterwards as I was driving next to him side by side, I said, my I'm so sorry. You know, that was uncalled for. It was your class and, and I apologize. And, and he took it very, very well. You know, and, and I think that's something that we need to to learn to be able to I don't care if you don't apologize to people on the street, right? But yeah. with your children, you know, I'm going to re-emphasize this. A lot of my clients, they come to see me because of things that happened growing up with their parents. So yeah. if you can apologize and and reduce the cost of therapy, uh-huh. do it. Do it. And it's, I guess it's, it's never too late. And I, again, I've seen clients where 20, 30 years, they haven't spoken to their son or whatever. So they think it's too late to apologize. That's bullshit. It's never too late to humble yourself and that's it. Try to create a new relationship if you think that's important. So I guess like your dad, in a way, I have a lot of respect for that. You know, would have been 15, 20 years later that even in his roundabout way, he wasn't fully committed to that apology, but at least he was like, well, your mom brought you up, right? Mm. <laughs> What do you think? Why am I just making up too much of a romanticized story of this moment? No, no, that makes this father and son moment. I reckon because then what it does as well, like when you're talking about the correct, the correction or the acknowledgement and to address right yeah. what was done wrong is because then that's a teaching and on on accountability, right? And actually facing the wrongdoing. You know, if we talk about what is it to be a man or what is it to be not just a man, like what is it to be a person? Yeah, is that so? You know, you're learning something in addition to correcting the wrong behavior. Because if it isn't addressed, then you'll just think like, okay, so this is the dynamic of how I should treat a woman. This is a dynamic of how I should treat my children. Mm. Uh, and this is just the status quo or the quid pro quo, right? And you'll just do it, right? Versus, and if you, and especially if that's in your head for years, like imagine how that sits in your paradigm and it becomes deeper yeah. in your consciousness and like cognitive, you know what I mean? Cognitive, yes, like. yes, yes. Especially because at that period of growing up, that's the learning without questioning stage. Right. So, so so basically, your dad can do no wrong, your mom can do no wrong. So whatever his behavior is, that's the right way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I guess we get that intergenerational cycle, right? Because, well, this is the normal, you know. So, ah, this is the normal that 
the man beats up on the wife. Or it could be the other way around, whatever, you know. So this could be the norm. Okay. So when I have a partner, that's my, that should be my behavior. And when, when the other person doesn't accept it because she came from a different upbringing, you go, oh, yeah, the whole thing is, you know, your world collapses around you. What, what's wrong with this? Oh, what's going on here? So some, some people will go, okay, maybe I'll go in the direction of couple counseling or, or trying to learn my behavior or, or individual counseling. Or maybe they go, I'm going to make the world follow my belief system. And that's where the domestic violence continues. Right. So this is my normal belief system is that, well, I should be able to do this to you when you are doing that to that. Okay, well, I should just do it. I don't care you saying that that's not the right way because I want that to be my way. And again, it's not about being good or bad, but sometimes if you want to stick with trying to make the world conform to your belief system, my question always is, how is it working out for you? Because a lot of times the world is too complex to be conforming to anyone's belief system. Life doesn't go... Absolutely, <laughs> man. You're smaller than you think you are. Let me put yeah. it that way. Yeah. You're the center of no universe. <laughs> or atom for that matter, man. Wow. Yeah. So what would you say to the audience as to what have you learned from, from that uh, situation with the way you were brought up, you know, the situation with your dad? How would you be... You know, a different father. I know I'm throwing a lot of questions here. What would you change in how to be? I know it's a bit of a cliche, how to be a man. Yeah, that's fine. And I, I see where the questions are. A lot of it is, it, it's def, it starts with self-management and understanding who you are. Yeah, okay. And then once that's done, like if you've figured that out, mm. it's then understanding that it's a daily decision thing. And what I mean by that, like fatherhood, relationship, marriage, that's a daily decision. Yeah. Like you decide that you're going to, you know, wake up the day and you will kiss your wife good, good, good morning. And then you decide when you get home that you will play the video game with your kid. This, even if you are, or like regardless of, or you do decide that even if you had a shit day at work, yeah. not bringing that into the house yeah. is a decision. And if you can work that and make hopefully the right decisions... Yeah. goes a massive massive way or even and let's just say like because i'm not saying don't get angry mm. i'm saying feel the emotion and then you're gonna decide am i gonna go for a run am i gonna lash out am i just gonna eat and then go to sleep am i gonna meditate you decide what you're gonna do with that emotion and often that's the gap that's missing it's like the rational you know the rationalizing and the decision making yeah is what needs to happen. But that, that again links back to, okay, so what are my values? Who am I as a person? What actually matters? What doesn't matter? So. Okay. So that actually, it's a great two points tips there. So one of them is you, you must have insight into the way you see the world. Yeah. And then based on that insight, you need to have, you need to make decisions according to that insight. And what I'm seeing there, first of all, to have this insight, it's hard enough for a lot of people because they are so used to living through life with what you're saying. Something happens, they react. They're not used to putting that additional step in between event happening and the reaction. And the in-between step is what I call choice, right? So you need to have that insight to create that. How do we have this insight? I guess what I want the only way for the audience to know when you need to have this insight is ask yourself one question. How is it working for you right now? 
you know, so if you think that it's working out well, there is no issue, then I guess there is no need for insight. You know, you're just happy. And potentially there is no issues. You, you are living an amazing life and good for you. You know, you're probably doing all the right things without knowing. But now, if you ask yourself, how is it working out for you? Why am I, let's say, why am I staring at this legal letter? Why am I staring at this AVO? And again, I'm not implying that it's always your fault, by the way, gentlemen, in, in this case, yeah, because I've gone through myself where it's very easy for the other party to apply for an AVO and then you have, you have to, to deal with the mess. But what I'm saying is, how is it working for you with your actions? Then if you start to have that discomfort where, hmm, I got a feeling it's not always the world's fault or it's not always that person's fault. I got a feeling I may have something to do with this. So when you start having, starting to question yourself, continue on with this honest self-questioning dig deeper and sometimes it's hard because sometimes you don't want to admit that shit man i probably fucked that one up because it's hard and sometimes it's easier to either you know just blame or mask it with drug and alcohol or whatever you know but when you start to have that insight like mateo say then you start to go okay it's now we're talking about a choice here if i'm triggered this way and i'm starting to get angry or tired or impatient Okay, those are emotional reactions. Fair enough. That's your body's way saying, all right, all right, now what's your choice? I'm tired. I just need a 14-hour day. I'm going to go home. And then my child came to me wanting to play. And now it's a choice. You know, I want to tell him to fuck off so I can sleep. Or I want to tell him to fuck off so I can have a beer. Or I want to do be a father and spend time with my child and play. Because it's a choice and it's a very simple choice, but the effect is long lasting for that child. Sorry, what do you think? What, uh, any feedback on that? Uh, absolutely. Um, and a lot of the, another thing I wanted to add, not so much a point, but maybe just kind of a, a framework is build your house to your advantage. Like the world and life is hard enough. So what do I mean by that? Is like, is the woman you're going home to i don't know someone who's really big on like going out is she loud is she eccentric does she like the drama you know like it depends on the on the person or is she someone that you can go home to and express you know like look i really had and be vulnerable right like look i had a tiring day i'm really tired i don't feel good can i just go to bed but you know and if you can't even do that because your spouse is going to be like no but you got to cook dinner or you got to like yeah. do the homework of the kid that, yeah. you know, you're setting yourself up for failure even to that extent right if you want to even pre-plan it even further or uh, you know, and what i mean by make your house advantageous is like well then don't live two hours away from work you know if you hate driving in traffic then yes. just find a place that's closer or, or whatever you know so that you don't have to do that and then go home and then deal with whoever's at home yeah you know, like optimize uh, it that's a great point right but again like and this is this disadvantages of expensive cities like place we're living in you know where the property market within sydney it is totally unaffordable right so if you want to buy a house you're going to buy a house that let's say one and a half one hour away let's say right in those suburbs public transport is crap right so people have to live far away and then they get stuck in traffic 
they have to wake up earlier and they get home tired you know so so it all it all builds up from there they get home tired and they're too tired to cook oh look at that kfc look at that mcdonald's you know so it's very very convenient because i'm tired and it's cheap and so then now health issues get into play when i'm tired i go home cranky relationship issues get into play you know and it's that's a problem with, with in a city where people with average income now can't afford to live when essential workers are starting to not be able to live in the city proper yeah very so sometimes the environment gets into play you know and yeah you know it's tough sorry i don't know why i'm getting into this yeah, <laughs> i don't know like it's a good acknowledgement of circumstance right of like at least the case study here in, in this city um, yeah and yeah neither do i like it's just oh, that's a tough one right. you know all right what would be your tip to our listeners so let's say i guess your tip would be from a son mm-hmm. of a father who like what you said, insecure about his place in life at that time. A father who who thinks that, well, my, my father used to be able to beat up on my wife, on his wife. Yeah. My father used to cheat on his wife. What would you say from the point of view of how it affected you growing up? Yeah, it actually came to me while you were asking the question, you have to build, establish, or create the trust that you're, you and the children are on the same team. Yeah. What does that mean? And this is a tricky one. It's how do you... Because obviously you're juggling all the, all the var- variables in your head. Mm. But you got to find a way to kind of really listen in and hone into whether they express it or not. Because even adults don't express what they want. You have to kind of figure it out. Yeah. If you can get the what they need, not even what they want, what they need or what's unsure or they're too afraid to say. Yeah. It's it's oh. almost like the radical have that radical communication and or kind of question of like, hey, like what's up? Whether they be young or old, however you do it, but it's mm. kind of really have that conversation like let's let's get rid of the like uh dad son titles for a minute and let's just talk us two humans here. Yeah. Yeah. So so I think but uh, correct me, what you're saying is I gotta stop being this uh, me as one person. I gotta involve the children as part of me. So their needs are my needs, and I need to understand that. Is that yeah? Yeah, I- just understand where they're coming from, um, and just and also to give them the, the space for it, right? It's you're you know, and, and and not so much that they're me, but like they're their actually no, I'll flip it, Clem. They're their own person, and I have to make sure that what I'm doing doesn't affect. Or you know is positive for them and also just for our relationship. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and then you can even add, or maybe, I don't know, maybe it's just me or they're not as kiddy or they're not as they're not just kids. You know, like get that in your head as well. They're definitely yeah. You know, they're, they, they, they're, they're understanding a lot more than you think. That yeah. There we go. And from a much younger age than you think. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. If you had your time again, like how would you have liked? How would he would like him to have changed as a father? So I don't care about relationship with his yeah, with his yeah. mom with his wife. You, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. I'm concentrating on him and on the child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the relationship. I said it once before. I think it would have probably been like it has to be like a positive, like just figure and example of like you know like what the strong, stable, and kind of angered person is. Maybe to see that example is good, or it could be as simple as. Yeah. So that's that's what you think you were lacking. 
you 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 were just it was unstable it was uncomfortable it was yeah. coming coming home is ah we we talked about um, walking on eggshells yeah 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 is that what you went yeah and and that that and also like if if when I do see the person because sometimes I just didn't see them and it's like okay well maybe he's on a business trip you're saying then commitment uh, you know when you say you're gonna be somewhere for your child mm. be there is it yeah, yeah that's a good one that's a good one yeah. Your example of him having to, that you have to lie to yourself as a child saying mm-hmm. business trip. I'm assuming it's because he didn't turn up when he should yeah. and when he should have. Well, yeah, yeah. Or, or there was something, there was some feud going on so he couldn't be in the house or whatever. I didn't see my dad for about a year. And then I realized he was in jail. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> this, is, this is when I was like five or something. Wow. You know, and I'm like, I found out later, like you know, many, many years later. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. As you say, business trip. <laughs> Always work. Always work. Oh my god! All right. Any final uh, tips to the audience? Uh, I really am thankful for for you being so frank in our discussions. You know, and and it's really good to see that you turn out to be such a good upright citizen. You know, so it, it makes me feel like to all the listeners out there, we we may have fucked up a lot <laughs> as parents. As I know I have, but to see how the children themselves can, through their own work, become a happy, contented person. Thanks, Clem. You know, that gives us hope, doesn't it, as parents? Yeah. Final thoughts would be, it goes back to kind of the very beginning of what was violated, like, in purely like just parent the child. Yes. Build back, create, or have that child be comfortable if the child is authentically comfortable in your space or whatever the relationship or whatever mm. it be i think that's the key got it so you're saying that to try to rebuild if you have damage to try to rebuild is that what you meant by build back yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. in other words it's not too late yeah yeah and then and like i said you know acknowledge what went wrong and put it out there i right? don't try to guess or assume like because if they're comfortable, then they will tell you like, look, well, you did this, 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 and this. And that time you said this, I read it like that. Because yeah. they're comfortable and safe to say that to you, now yeah. it's on the table. Yeah. Right? And now you can go to work on those things and what you yeah. have to acknowledge. Upon yeah. But before even that, though, you got to be secure enough to not think that your child will say you are the, you are the, the hottest shit since sliced yeah. bread you got when you want to open up your your, your your relationship to that level of closeness be, be ready for him to tell you that you are yeah. you're a major yeah. fuck up <laughs> you know? yeah that's what i mean by removing the titles of like parent and child it's like no as yeah. humans if you can just sit down and have that conversation you'll get a lot yeah. of breakthroughs in 30 minutes it'll be extremely painful but yeah yeah it's a for the listeners out there it's a it's amazing mateo sounds like he works in mental health, but he's actually a finance guy. So I don't know what books he's reading while he's at work being the masters of the universe. But uh, <laughs> maybe you're in the wrong field. I think so. <laughs> you're, you're very good at this. Uh, it, you know what, though? It, it doesn't pay a, a third of what you're getting paid for sure. But uh, it's very rewarding. <laughs> no, no, I don't even know if I get paid, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> all right my man thank you very much for your time i really uh enjoyed that you it's, it's i think a lot of our listeners will get some very good points out of this so thank you very much eh? thanks as well clement for you know the good space to talk to so appreciate it <laughs> thanks Jim. all right <laughs>